On today's episode, the hockey world is upset that the Blackhawks landed the number one overall pick, and I'll discuss whether they're deserving of the generational talent that is Connor Bedard. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, May 10th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, just a reminder that you could subscribe or follow along for free on YouTube and wherever you may be listening to your podcasts. Make sure to do that real quick so that you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. I also wanted to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by Game Time. Make sure to go and download the Game Time app right now to get the cheapest tickets for all the sports, music, and theater events near you. All right. Good morning, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. And on the show this morning, before I get into things, I do want to provide a quick little warning that I'll be talking a bit about the Kyle Beach lawsuit on today's episode. I won't be getting into any deep details or anything like that, but it is something that I'm going to be talking about on the show today with the premise of the episode being, do the Chicago Blackhawks deserve the generational talent that is Connor Bedard? And I know this isn't the most exciting or intriguing conversation to have, but I do think it's really important for me to express my feelings and talk about this topic of conversation with the hockey world, understandably being upset the Blackhawks landed Connor Bedard just a few years after the Kyle Beach allegations and the lawsuit became public and the fallout from all of that. The first thing that I wanted to say is that us Blackhawks fans were right there with the rest of the hockey world. We felt those emotions, the disgrace, the disgust, the shame, the disappointment. We felt all of that as soon as we learned about um, the Kyle Beach lawsuit and once the a uh, hundred and two, it might've been 115 pages. I can't exactly remember. Whenever the 100 and plus page uh, report from Block and Jenner came out, I read that from front to back. I wanted to read all of those details. It's my job to cover this Blackhawks team. I wanted to know what was going on and the stuff that I read in that 102 page report. Um, like I said, I'm not going to get into deep details, but I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. I was so ashamed and so disappointed in my team and my heroes and the people I grew up idolizing, you know, and I just didn't understand how something like that could happen in a Blackhawks organization that was talked about so highly and was so respected and was in the midst of, you know, one of the best runs on the ice that the NHL had seen in a few decades. I didn't understand how something like this could happen right under their nose, how they could allow for it to happen. And I think worst of all, didn't even really care that it happened and didn't really 
do anything to help Kyle Beach in this matter. They continued to let Brad Aldrich around the team, around the players, to celebrate with the Stanley Cup, to be there at the parade. I mean, to be taking pictures with him, to be to give him his day with the Stanley Cup. I mean, truly just disgraceful. And us Blackhawks fans, we felt that. We didn't want our team to be involved in anything like this. We want them to be better. We want this to be a place of positivity, a positive culture where, you know, we're having kids, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. We want kids and their families to be comfortable where they're sending their kids to grow, to be a positive environment where they can grow on and off the ice, to build relationships with one another, establish chemistry, have a good time. The Blackhawks failed Kyle Beach. They didn't provide him a safe and a positive environment and they let the worst thing possible happen right under their nose. And it, it was disgraceful. And I couldn't believe what I was reading. And it's just so sickening to think that that stuff happened. And I was so heartbroken for, for Kyle Beach to see him. I remember I was on my way to go to a Blackhawks game when Kyle Beach joined TSN and was courageous enough to publicly speak about the situation. And to see him get so emotional and to start crying on national television and talk about this stuff and how it impacted him, man, I just, I couldn't care less about Blackhawks hockey at that point. I couldn't care less. And to think that they cared more about the game of hockey than a human being's life and safety. um, Yeah, it, it was sickening. It was sickening. And that's at least how I felt during, during all of that. I, I, Felt ashamed to be a fan of the Chicago Blackhawks. It's not like I was still proud of my franchise or anything. No, it was the exact opposite. Us Blackhawks fans didn't want that to happen to this team. That We didn't want that to happen to Kyle Beach. We didn't want that to be the culture that they were creating. We want them to be better, just as bad as anyone. And since that time, since uh, the lawsuit became public, we've seen the Blackhawks essentially clean house of everyone that was in power from the 2010 front office, which absolutely had to be done, right? No way that you can allow for anyone that was part of that to be, uh, to continue to be part of the Blackhawks organization. And I don't think they should be allowed to be part of any professional hockey organization moving forward. Stan Bowman and Joel Quenville, I personally think neither of them should be back in the NHL after allowing what they did to happen right under their noses. That's just the way I feel about it. Not here to change anyone's feelings. That's just how I feel. I, I personally also feel that Rocky Ward should probably be out too after that shameful outburst that he had at the Blackhawks town hall meeting in early 2022. Um, I know it's more complicated because he's the owner of the team, but I personally think Rocky should be out as well. Um, we honestly haven't heard much or seen much out of Rocky ever since that point. And I expect that'll probably be the case moving forward. But the Blackhawks have brought in an entire new regime, a whole bunch of fresh faces. Kyle Davidson is obviously the general manager. Um, Danny Wirtz is the CEO. Jamie Faulkner has been brought along as well. And they all know the situation that they walked into. And they've spoken numerous times about how creating a, a better culture here is the top priority. They know they have a lot of work to do ahead of them. But at the end of the day, the way that I see it is their work and the positive change has to do the talking. It has to do the speaking. It can't be their words. It can't just be empty phrases. There has to be action behind it as well. And until people and us Blackhawks fans alike, that's really what I'm trying to get to is us Blackhawks fans feel the same way. Again, we want this organization to be better. And until we see those positive changes and we see the actions that follow the words, 
us Blackhawks fans and hockey fans around the world alike aren't going to be able to trust them until that point. That's the only way until there's serious change. Um, that's the exact same thing that us Blackhawks fans are hoping to see out of this new regime moving forward. I know it feels like um, there's, there's a split feeling on this. Everyone who's not a Blackhawks fan is pissed. Blackhawks fans are happy they got Bedard. But throw that to the side, looking at the organization from a further lens, we all want this to be a positive place. We all want the Blackhawks to be better as an organization moving forward and to never allow something like this to ever happen again. We want them to create that positive environment and that safe safe culture for people to be coming up in. And we want this to be a safe culture for 17, 18-year-old Connor Bedard to be joining we want the exact same thing, hockey fans. Us Blackhawks fans were sickened and disappointed and utterly disgraced by the actions of this team in 2010. And I hope I speak for us all when I say we want this Blackhawks organization to be better in the future. All right, coming up in just a moment, Hawks fans, I will talk about how getting Connor Bedard can help the Blackhawks turn to a new chapter and help instill a new era here in Chicago. But first, I want to talk to you all about Indeed. There's no I in team, but there is an I in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build your team. When you're hiring, you need Indeed, and Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. And Indeed streamlines the hiring process with powerful tools that find you match candidates. And I personally love Indeed because it's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. So start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Again, go and claim your $75 credit right now at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Need to hire? Then you need Indeed. All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Before I get into segment two, real quick, I want to let all of you listeners know about the awesome stuff that I have planned for Lockdown Blackhawks these next few weeks. Of course, I've already got into my season recap segments. I'll actually be wrapping up today's episode with Boris Kachuk's season recap. But to get all caught up on those, make sure to go and click on the channel. You can easily jump through episodes. I have everything time-coded in the description, so make sure to get all caught up on my season recap segments. I also recently had Blackhawks insider Charlie Romeliotis on the podcast for an off-season chat, and I'm planning to have WGN's Joe Brand on the show sometime soon as well. And now that we know the Blackhawks will officially be picking first overall, I'm going to start getting into my 2023 NHL draft profiles. I'm also going to start taking a look at some potential free agent fits for the Hawks. And then I'm going to start getting into my end of the season top 10 prospects list as well. So plenty of good stuff coming up on Lockdown Blackhawks for the next couple of months. If I'm being honest, make sure to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you you haven't done so already to stay caught up on all of that good stuff. All right. Segment two, kind of picking up where I left off, I want to talk about how getting Bedard allows the Blackhawks and their fans to turn a new page here. And I do think that's really important, having a new era from top to bottom. The entire organization really is in a new era because not only 
as I just talked about, does the front office have a completely new look to it? And the front office is completely different from what it was in 2010, but the entire roster is now different as well because Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves were the last two remaining players from the Blackhawks Stanley Cup team that were still around. And Patrick Kane obviously got traded to New York. Jonathan Taves has already played in his final game with the Chicago Blackhawks. Neither of them are going to be coming back next season. So there isn't anyone around still from that era where everything happened with Kyle Beach. There isn't anyone still around. They've cleaned house from top to bottom at this point. And I think that's, you know, the the first step of this is, kind of looking around and seeing all of the fresh faces, a whole new Blackhawks team, a whole new Blackhawks front office. And that's what we want it to be. We want it to be a whole new organization, a whole new era of Blackhawks hockey. Obviously, you know, we want to have the success in the future that the team had from 2010 to 2015, but we absolutely need to go about it the right way off of the ice. And I think with fresh faces around everywhere and getting a new superstar like Connor Bedard that's going to make it easier to transition into that future and not be looking back at that era and at what Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves did. It's going to be easier for us Blackhawks fans to transition into that new era now that we're getting Connor Bedard. And I just think this is a really good opportunity for the Blackhawks to start fresh. Um, I, I don't, I hope this doesn't sound terrible, but we can't do anything about what happened in 2015. The only thing that we can control is what we do moving forward, making sure we're better in the future at all facets, at all levels, at everyone from top to bottom in the organization needs to be better. Everyone needs to be on the same page in order to create the positive culture and environment that we want. And I think with fresh faces everywhere, that really does give this Blackhawks organization the best opportunity to do that. So to kind of provide an answer to the question that is today's title, do the Blackhawks deserve the generational talent that is Connor Bedard? I do think that the fans absolutely are deserving of Connor Bedard. Absolutely. Because like I said, we were right there. We felt the heartbreak. We felt the disgrace, the disgust, the disappointment. And we want this new era of Blackhawks hockey to be better in every aspect. We felt the stain and um, just that, that feeling that, bad vibe around the Blackhawks. We felt that with our team and we don't want that feeling to ever happen again. We want everything to be better. And this new era of Blackhawks hockey, the fans being able to get a player like Connor Bedard and to be able to, to rally around him like that after everything they've gone through. I, I just mentioned all the emotions and the heartbreak with the Kyle Beach lawsuit, but it hasn't been easy being a Blackhawks fan for quite a while now, really ever since 2017, when they got swept out of the first round by the Nashville Predators. We've seen them trade Artemi Panarin. Obviously, that's been a very controversial deal over the years. We've also seen them trade away Alex DeBrinkett, Patrick Kane, Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty, Brandon Hagel. The list goes on and on and on of the revolving door of players that have come through Chicago as this team has, you know, tried to piece it together. Everything that Stan Bowman put this organization through, going through a rebuild and then changing his mind a year later, only to make matters worse for the Blackhawks. And that leads to more star players getting traded away and uh, the tank that we had to go through this year. I mean, watching the Blackhawks in the last four months of the year was absolutely putrid. So I, I do think the Blackhawks fans are absolutely deserving 
of a generational talent like Connor Bedard to be the face of this city moving forward. As far as the organization goes, I hope the answer is yes. We're not going to know the answer to this question for years down the road, but if the answer is yes at that point in time, that that means the regime has got about everything the right way. They've created a positive culture. They've done their jobs. They, they've created an environment where everyone feels safe and everyone feels comfortable. And we're seeing the positive changements and involvements around the community and the Native American community and so on and so forth. I think all of us Blackhawks fans are hoping the answer is yes. I hope this Blackhawks organization is deserving of Connor Bedard. And if you feel right now that they don't deserve Connor Bedard, I understand. I'm not here to change your mind. That's not what I'm trying to do with today's episode. I just want you all to know that us Blackhawks fans, we want the Blackhawks to be better just as much as you do. And we hope that we're able to prove that in the future with this new regime and a new superstar coming to town in Connor Bedard. All right. Coming up in just a moment, Blackhawks fans, I'm going to wrap up today's episode with 24-year-old forward Boris Kachuk's 2022-2023 season recap segment. But first, I need to talk to you all about Game Time, which is the perfect place for last-minute ticket deals. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And I honestly have used Game Time since I was like a senior in high school, well before it was a paid advertisement here on the show. And it's always just been the simplest and cheapest way for me to purchase my tickets. And I also love how they give me images of my seats along with event cancellation protection. So make sure to go and download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps for $20 off your first purchase. Again, all you have to do is go and create an account and redeem the code Locked on NHL in all caps for $20 off. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Game time. All right, before I wrap up today's show, folks, I have to get into my next Chicago Blackhawks season recap segment. And for those of you who aren't caught up to date on this, I've already gone over season recaps for Seth Jones, Andreas Athanasiu, Tyler Johnson, Connor Murphy, Jason Dickinson, Alex Stalock, so on and so forth. If you want to get all caught up on those, all you have to do is go and click on the YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button while you're doing that. I greatly appreciate it. And you can just go and bounce through each video because I have everything already time-coded in the description. You can quickly leap to that segment and get all caught up on my season recaps. But up next, we have none other than 24-year-old forward Boris Kachuk, who was, of course, acquired from the Tampa Bay Lightning back at the 2022 NHL trade deadline, along with Taylor Radish in two first-round picks as part of the Brandon Hagel trade. He went on to play in 21 games for the Blackhawks at the end of the 2021-2022 season, tallying just one goal and no assists while being a minus 10 and averaging 10 minutes of ice time. So not the most impressive start from Kachuk to his Blackhawks tenure. And it felt like going into this season, he certainly had a lot to prove in order to kind of solidify himself as not only a everyday NHLer, but also a piece of the puzzle to this Blackhawks rebuild. And for basically the first three quarters of the season, things just did not go well for Big Boris. He was regularly getting healthy. Scratch kind of seemed like the odd man out of the lineup. And even when he did get an opportunity, it felt like he was making a lot of bad decisions. 
forcing, you know, bad passes, committing bad turnovers, taking bad penalties. And it just really wasn't working out for him for the first literally like five months of the entire season. And that led to him even kind of speaking out about some of the confident issues that he was battling with and all of that stuff going on. But I'll tell you what, in the final 18 games of the regular season, I don't know what, I don't know if he started eating his Wheaties for breakfast or what it was, but Boris Kachuk looked like a completely different man out there on the ice. He was an animal. He was a monster and a huge part of the success that third line of he, Joey Anderson, and Jujar Kara um, created together. He was a really big part of that. I actually feel like there were a couple of nights where Boris Kachuk might have been the Blackhawks' best player. Like he was randomly starting to dazzle through defenders, had a couple of highlight real goals. It was like, what am I watching right now? Is this why this guy was a second round pick five or six years ago? Was he doing this stuff in junior hockey? And who is this guy? Because he certainly didn't look like this from October to March, but in those final 18 games, he was absolutely magical. And um, while it kind of sucks that he didn't show any signs of life until then, given the situation that he's in, you know, he still has another year um, under his contract right now. He'll be back with the Blackhawks next season. And given that the Blackhawks are in a spot where it feels like they can be pretty patient with everyone. Uh, it, it feels like it's very likely that Boris Kachuk is going to get an opportunity to prove himself once again next year, but it really does feel like it's going to be a make or break type season for Kachuk. Um, he's like I said, he's 24 years old. I believe he's going to be turning 25 here pretty soon as well. It's kind of time to prove that he can do this a little bit more consistently and be a staple of the Blackhawks lineup. And if he's even capable of even sniffing the player that he was during those final 18 games throughout an 82 game season next year, I think the Blackhawks are going to like what they have in a potential fourth liner out of Boris Kachuk. But it does feel like he did enough in those final 18 games to get another opportunity considering how things ended. So taking a look at Boris Kachuk's numbers on the season, he wound up playing in 58 games for the Blackhawks this year, tallying a career-high five goals, 11 assists, and 16 points. I'll get into kind of a breakdown of how he uh, accumulated those points here in just a minute. He also tallied 27 penalty minutes. That'll go along with the stat I'll get into in just a second. Uh, shot 7.4%, which was up from 5.2% the year before. And by the way, this was only Kachuk's second full NHL season. So when I'm saying a career high, he only has one season to compare it to, but five goals and 11 assists for 16 points. Not all that bad out of a guy who was a fourth liner until the final month of the season. In terms of time on ice, it did get bumped up to 12.05 because of how he was playing a third line role down the stretch of the season, as I referenced with Joey Anderson and Jujar Kara. He averaged 10 minutes and seven seconds in his 21 games with the Blackhawks after being acquired at the deadline. He also tallied 85 hits in 58 games this year, which I thought was interesting because he had 138 combined between his action with the Bolts and the Hawks last season. And I believe he only played in 60 or 61 games. I don't have it right in front of me, but to see his hits kind of drop down the way it did, I think that probably was in part to the confidence and the lack of that, which he spoke out about during the season and his inconsistency and probably just like not probably overthinking it when he was out there on the ice because nothing seemed to be working for him. He couldn't get into a groove. So I feel like uh, the mental aspect of the game really did take a, take a toll into 
um, the hits department for Boris Kachuk this season because he's a big physical player who can go into the corners and get the job done, can throw his weight around a little bit. I do want to see those numbers certainly be up a little bit more next season if he is a regular in the lineup for the Blackhawks. Uh, he also had 24 takeaways, which was a kind, which was an impressive leap from his season before. Was effective on the forecheck as a third and fourth liner, and then taking a look at the analytics, Kachuk finished with a 45.7 Corsi four percentage, which, in the bottom six for the Blackhawks, that's really not that bad. And he was also on the ice for 21 goals for to 37 goals against in all situations, though. And Boris Kachuk did get time on the Blackhawks penalty kill this season, so. Really not that bad of a goal differential for a guy who was playing 12 minutes per game, going up with a defensive responsibility. He also started uh, 64.3% of the faceoffs that he was involved in were in the defensive zone. So obviously being a bottom six guy, that's more so going to be your role, but pretty decent analytical numbers out of Boris Kachuk this season. And here's kind of the breakdown of his points and how it was a tale of not even two halves, a tale of five months to a tale of just over a month for Boris Kachuk. In the first 40 games of the regular season, from the beginning of October all the way up until March 8th, in 40 games played, Boris Kachuk had tallied two goals and four assists for six points with 25 penalty minutes. But in the final 18 games of the season, between March 10th and April 13th, literally just over a month, in 18 games, Boris Kachuk tallied three goals, seven assists, and 10 points with only two penalty minutes. Much more positive, much more impactful in those final 18 games. And that goes to show you how good that third line was. I mean, for a third liner on the Blackhawks to have 10 points in an 18-game stretch, that's pretty darn impressive. And again, I do think that was enough to bring Boris Kachuk back next season, even though it was such a small sample size the position the Blackhawks are in, he has another year under his contract. It makes sense, I think, for him to be in the bottom six when the season opens up next fall. So taking everything into consideration, it's kind of a tough grade to give out here because for five months, Boris Kachuk was kind of doo-doo. But then in those final 18 games, he was kind of dynamite. So I'm kind of torn on what grade to give him. All things considered, I do think it's more important how you end as opposed to how you start might be a bit generous. I'm going to give Boris Kachuk a B- minus for his performance this season. Now, with that being said, there is a lot for him to prove next season. As I mentioned, I think it's a make-or-break type of year for Boris Kachuk. I expect him to get an opportunity. We'll see what happens with Joey Anderson, who's an RFA. I do think he'll be coming back. Drew Jarkera is a little bit more dicey, um, but regardless, Boris Kachuk is going to have an opportunity, it really feels like, with the Blackhawks next season to prove himself as part of this rebuild. And if he can play at the same level that he did at the end of the season, I like his chances moving forward. All right, I think that is going to wrap up Wednesday, May 10th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow and subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can follow me on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all of the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here 
for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.